Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. I'm Al. And we're actually going to get to Harry Potter this time. Surprise! <laughs> you weren't Can't expecting surprise. that. Yes, we actually spent all of the last episode um, catching talking. up, just yeah. talking. It had been a week since we talked, and Al and I tend to talk during the week, but because I was busy with our friend, I didn't really talk to him very much, so we had quite a bit to catch up on. True. That was literally us having conversations we usually have off mic, on the mic. True. Yes. So what else is going on with you? Our nephew's birthday's coming up next True. week. next week. Well, technically, when this comes out that day. Yeah, actually. True. Yes. So everybody wish our nephew happy birthday. Happy birthday, nephew. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be seven. Can you imagine that this child has been on this earth for seven years? I remember when he was brought to this very home. And he was but a sentient potato. <laughs> Sometimes he's still just a sentient potato. Yeah, but he knows how to use YouTube, and I don't know. Okay. He's going to be seven years old, and he knows how to get past parental controls on YouTube. He knows how to create a Facebook account without anybody's help to be able to play games and then hide that he created said Facebook account. He knows that to get away from, like, the kids-only section of Netflix, he has to switch profiles. And he picks mine. He is too smart for his own good. He knows how to use TikTok. He knows how to use TikTok. Bro. I'm sad. He... he he's like, hey, uncle, have you heard this song before? And played Stay by the Kid Leroy. Which has curses in it and stuff. And I'm like, you should be listening to that. And he's like, <laughs> and he runs away. Yeah. Um, Kids these days are growing up way too fast. Technology. I don't like it. Make it stop. My child will not have technology. You have, your, your age has to be double digits before you even touch a phone. I'm sorry. That's when your life starts to matter to you, really, is when you're in middle school anyway. So whatever, dude. Yeah, it's just... Or maybe maybe I'll give them, like, a Nokia. The a little very, brick? Yeah, the little brick that can only make phone calls, or you're playing Snake on your phone. Hey, they can play Snake for hours. Go at it. And they won't text on that, because they'll be like, one, two, three... One, two, three, one, two. Boom. The word the yeah. has been typed out. <laughs> True. No, dude. That... Yeah. Sorry, but not sorry. Not sorry in the slightest. Because only you think the same for your kid, right? When you have a kid, I'm assuming. So, yes. So, my, so, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> The boyfriend's family, mm -hmm. they have some kids who are a little bit older. They have uh, 
in the family there's a 12 year old and then there's a a seven year old and then there's a four year old all different grandkids you know different Mm -hmm. sets of parents um the 12 year old doesn't have her own phone she has a tablet but they very closely monitor everything she does on the tablet when they were doing at home school you know virtual schooling they heavily monitored what she was doing because they tried to give her some leeway at first and sure enough she was watching you know kids youtube in between assignments (laughs) and she wasn't doing her homework in a timely manner so she would be up till the wee hours of the morning doing homework because she had spent all of that time watching kids YouTube. So because of that, they started monitoring her even more. And lo and behold, look at that. All of her stuff started getting done on time. Yep. Um, so they they very heavily monitor what she does. She only has apps on her tablet that are like educational and like, messaging things that she can communicate with her cousins on that's it nobody else is is there the seven-year-old her cousin um has a tablet as well but it's like a kindle so you know that's very limited yeah in general and it's only like games and whatever that they're allowed to play when they're not when they're not doing other stuff. But when they're together, they don't want to be on their tablets together. They want to be together together. Yeah, which is good. The four-year-old, he likes to be on the phone, but only to watch his, his like fun little kid songs and to play educational games. He doesn't even like like random random like attack games his favorite game is one of those puzzle games where you have to put the wooden blocks together in a certain formation to be able to clear the level so the thing is is that i don't think i don't think the games need to be specifically educational to be educational yeah that one in itself is not an educational game yeah. but it helps with spatial relations and yeah. and like he's really good at that and He's four years old and already reading. Not going to lie. I should have... In my youth, I played a lot of RuneScape, Mm -hmm. as you are well aware. Yes. Yes, I am. So RuneScape taught me a lot about economics. And so, in my non-intelligence, I didn't use that information because I didn't know that it could translate perfectly into our economics. And looking back at it, I could have been broke. I know. I know. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So, yes, I agree with you. There needs to be a lot of oversight when children use electronics. And there should be minimal electronic usage when children aren't required to use electronics. Like, for schooling, I understand. But that needs to be heavily monitored so that they're only doing the schooling stuff. Well, you heard what I sold our sister 
Get rid of the computer downstairs that's connected to the TV. And then you suggested a Roku or something, which I 100% mm-hmm. agree with. And then there there are parental controls on all those devices. Yes. Enable them with a pin that he can't guess. Can't be his birthday. Obviously not. Or any of our birthdays. Yeah. And set, like, a limit to, like, remove YouTube so that he can't, and he can't use it, and so he can't download it without the pin. Mm-hmm. Limit it to basically just Netflix and add a time limit. Yes. Every day you have three hours. I said four originally, but three hours of Netflix, and that's it. I agree. I think that would fix him, because there's nothing wrong with him. That would but help move his things. His attention, his... Yes. Him in general. Yeah. Kids need a little bit more stuff. What's on? What's going on your phone? Sorry, I took it. Oh, no, somebody. It's okay. Somebody is just texting me. Okay. I think it would help. Bro, let her out of the room. (laughs) Okay. Your dog is just. Okay. So his dog is in the room and she's very gassy today. So, it's literally like every five seconds, she's just farting up a storm. And on top of that, when he tells her, okay, you gotta go, and she doesn't move, or you have to stop farting, she shook her head no, and then left. (laughs) Oh, Oh, so my cat... Marley, my girl, she decided that from when she was a kitten, Mm -hmm. that in order to get me to not leave, she would just lay on my shoes, right? Yes. The ones that I had just been wearing, because obviously, why am I going to put on different shoes? She's been doing this since she was a kitten. She's now 13 years old. Mm -hmm. She still does it. And not just my shoes. She does it to the boyfriend's shoes. When our friend was staying at my place for a couple days, she did it to her shoes. She's like, no, none of you can leave. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay. What if she just grouped all of your shoes together and laid across all of them? Like, no. Um, So on one night in particular, we had, Marianne and I were sitting on the couches. Like I was sitting in my regular spot on on these couches that are directly across from the TV. And we have another set of couches that aren't directly facing the TV, but you can sit there and you're you're cool. So Marianne and I took off our shoes because we were just chilling. We had been, just come back from whatever, and they were right next to each other. Marley laid down on our shoes, all four of them. She was just like boop, nobody's moving. Gotcha. <laughs> we're like, okay, I guess we're not leaving anymore. We weren't planning on leaving, but yeah, that's what she does. And then, and then. She likes to talk to me. She chirps at me. She squeaks at me. Do you know what I just found out squeaking is? Mm. Cats squeak because their mothers used to squeak at them to get their attention when they were kittens. She's literally squeaking at me to get my attention. To do what I need. To do what she wants me to do. That's cute. So she squeaks at me if I haven't pet her in a while so that I can pet her. She squeaks at me when we're laying down, when we're 
sitting on the couches at night watching TV because I'm watching TV and not paying attention to her. She's conditioning me. Sure. It works. Also, she's winding up the door now. I know. Go get her. And now that she's back in, everything is calm. Ish. Calmish. As long as she doesn't start farting again. Well, we opened the door, so hopefully that won't kill us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's get to the actual chapter, please. Wow, we're actually talking about Harry Potter? Yeah, we really are. Wow. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, snap. We're on episode... Oh, 17 because we did yes. one yes Epis- episode 17 of season 5 yes chapter 16 in the hog's head of Harry Potter and Lord of the Phoenix I had already said that okay I didn't hear it my brain went eh. okay that's fine goodbye <laughs> um <laughs> we let her in she's like no I want to go to the other room now so quick recap because you do long recaps, it makes you want to die. Quick recap. Okay. Percy sent Ron a letter. Yes. Of big happenings. And stop hanging out with Harry Potter. Yes. And then that was the two chapters ago. Yes. Percy and Pat, and then it was the High Inquisitor. And it's now that Umbridge has the post of, for the position of... High Inquisitor. Hogwarts High Inquisitor. In addition to being a professor. Yes. Which gives her the ability to inspect other faculty to make sure they're up to ministry standards. Because once again, the ministry is interfering at Hogwarts. Yes. And if not, to take action to remedy the situation. Yes. And Harry got detention again. Like always. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. And of and course... Umbridge gave him the detention. Oh, and Ron is the keeper now. Yes, for the Gryffindor Gryffindor house team, yes. Yes. There we go. Quick. Oh, and Hermione wants Harry to teach them defense against the dark arts. Yes. Because Umbridge is not teaching them anything practical. So she's like, you can totally do this. And Harry's like, I don't know. That's the recap. Yes. So... Okay, so Hermione doesn't mention Harry giving Defense Against the Dark Arts lessons for two whole weeks after her original suggestion because Harry, you know, just finished his detentions with Umbridge um, and Harry doubts that the words now etched on the back of his hand would ever fade. Uh, must not tell lies. Yes. Ron has had four more Quidditch practices. And he didn't get shouted out at during the last two. So mm. that's improvement. Some progress. Yes. Um, all three of them have ma- managed to vanish their mice in Transfiguration. Isn't that cool? Hey. Except, you know, of course, Hermione being who she is, has already progressed to vanishing kittens. Okay, listen. Progress. I know, right? It's all about progress. You know what? They're doing it. Yes. So that's when Hermione, you know, two weeks later, Hermione's like, I was wondering whether you thought any more about defense against the dark hearts. 
To which Harry admits that he has. And Ron is like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to get mad at us. And start shouting again. Yes. Um, Hermione recommends teaching anyone wanting to learn, but Harry believes only a few will attend. He is, after all, a nutter. Yes. And the thing is, is like, yeah. So you have to think about it how other people see the situation. Dumbledore says Voldemort is back. The only person who is a true eyewitness is Harry, and Harry has not come out and talked about it yeah. at all. So, and they have this whole conversation where Harry's like, listen, I don't really know. Like you said, I don't really know if I should. Who's going to show up? And Hermione's like, listen, you can't pretend you're not good at this. True. Um, because although I understand a lot of it, you're saying a lot of it was luck, you were the only person, she says, you were the only person last year who could throw off the Imperious Curse completely. You can produce a Patronus. You can do all sorts of stuff that full-grown wizards can't. Victor always said, and of course Ron is like, wait a second, what did Vicky say? Oh no. Ho, ho. He said Harry knew how to do stuff even he didn't, and he was in the final year of Durmstrang. And Ron is like, wait, you're still in contact with him? And she's like, so what if I am? I can have a pen pal if I... And he's like, he didn't only want to be your pen pal. Come on. And she shrugs it off, and she's like, well, anyway. And they get back to talking about him doing it and that's when he says i'm a nutter remember and i i want to read this part because it's i think it's it's important well i think you might be surprised how many people would be interested in hearing what you've got to say look you know the first weekend in october is a hogsmeade a hogsmeade weekend how would it be if we tell everyone who's interested to meet us in the village and we can talk it over and Ron's like, why do we have to do it outside of school? And she's like, because I don't think Umbridge would be very happy if she found out what we were up to. Hermione being the smart one. Mm-hmm. So continue. Yes. Sorry, I was going to book open. No, it's okay. Um, as Harry, Ron, and Hermione head for Hogsmeade. Phil well, sniffs. You, you've missed the last little bit. Did I? Oh, I did. Harry is concerned. Yes, that Sirius might show up in Hogsmeade, but Hermione says he has enough to worry about, and Sirius listens to Dumbledore, because Dumbledore told Sirius to stay put. Yes. But it's Sirius. Yeah. I think that he does listen to Dumbledore, even if it bothers him. Yes. Because in the previous book, previous book? Was it the previous book? And no. Yes. And this the beginning of this book. Sorry. We've been reading them all. It's the fact that. That he's been staying in the house. Even though he's like, I'm cooped up and this is driving me crazy. And I want to be able to do more. And Dumbledore's like, no. no you're doing what you need to do. You gave us a place for us to have our headquarters. Like, you've done enough. And Sirius is like, no, but I want to do stuff. And he's like, no, don't do it. The thing is, is that Sirius is not one to sit there and do logistical work or do anything that isn't short of tracking down a Death Eater to have a duel for his life. 
That's the kind of person he is. Well, and if we're going to talk about it, I want to to put in the psychological aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sirius is very emotionally stunted in every kind of way whatsoever. And I'm not just going to say it because, you know, of what happened and him being an Azkaban for 12 years. Literally, he grew up in an emotionally abusive, abusive household. So he never really got to be himself in his house um, with all of the pure blood mania and all of that. So he never really got to fully explore the the what his personality would actually be. Because let's be honest, a lot of his personality is reactive to his parents. It wasn't a... Well, he takes great pride in being different from yes. his parents. and doing things that would bother them or yes but was that whatever. his personality of of wanting to no it's just it's just, like you said it's his reactionary yeah he was rebellious because he just didn't agree with them didn't agree with them but was he rebellious in in a way that like to me it seems over the top and maybe that's just that actually is his personality where he's over the top but he was never able to have a a safe place where he could ex- explore who he is. I mean, until he moved in with uh, James and his parents. Yes, but he was only there for a couple of years. Because yeah. once he was old enough to get his own place, he did. he did. And technically, it was probably only one year because you are of age at 17 and he moved in at 16. Yeah. So, if he was only there and had the the... I guess, effects of good parenting for a year, he still turned out the way he turned out. And then within three years, all of his friends were were dead or gone. Yeah, and he's a criminal. And he's a criminal. And off to prison where... He was tortured. Yeah, basically. Essentially, for 12 years. We talked about Asking Man. Yes. In a previous episode. Yes, we talked about an in. I don't remember which one. Go ahead. It's probably in prison of Asperger. We talked about Azkaban. Yes. Yes. I just like recounted how Azkaban came to be to a friend, and I was like, "Wow, that is some dark stuff." Yes. This is a random, just a random. Well, story. they reclaimed it, but it was it was a dark place. Well, it's about the isn't it like yes. the dark wizard who like made it unplottable. And people could only get there by accident. And if they did ever get there by accident, he kidnapped them and did, like, dark magic yes. experiments on them. And then finally, when he died, the Ministry finally found the island. And they found his castle that was full of Dementors. And before then, Dementors had not existed. Yes. Okay. Because that's... That's, that's some, basically it. Yeah. Some pretty neat stuff. And dark stuff. Yes. Super dark. Yes. Okay. Anyway... So, hopefully Sirius won't show up. Yeah. So, now we go back to when I skipped. <laughs> As Harry Rod and Hermione head to uh, Hogsmeade, Filch sniffs at Harry before allowing him to leave. So, that's when Ron and Hermione are like, what was, what was that, that about? about? Yeah. And that's, we have to remember that when he first sent the letter to Sirius via Hedwig. um was there. So Cho ended up showing up shortly after he sent his letter. And that's when Filch showed up and was like, I was tipped off that you were placing a large order for dung bombs. 
And he's like, no, no, I wasn't. And she's like, well, give me your letter. I already sent it. Well, how do I know that you weren't? And Cho was like, well, because I, I saw, have. yeah. How do I know that you have and that you're not ordering a bunch of dung bombs? And she's like, well, because I was here when he sent it. Yep. So Harry recounts all of that. To Ron and Hermione. And he's like, I forgot to tell you. And Hermione's like, he said he was tipped off. You were ordering dung bombs. But who had who had tipped him off? I don't know. Maybe Malfoy. He'd think it was a laugh. Um, and Hermione says, Malfoy? Well, yes, maybe. It just feels weird. It feels very weird that some... Harry's not known for that kind of mischief. Mm-hmm. He's known for doing things with Ron. And Hermione, obviously, that are against the rules. But he's not known for, you know, randomly buying things and wreaking havoc like that. So whoever tipped them off, like, doesn't seem to know him very well. True. So in Hogsmeade, Hermione steers them to a side street leading to the Hogshead Inn, a small and rather seedy establishment which Hermione confirms is not off-limits to Hogwarts students. So... Can I just read the way that it's described? Yes. It was not at all like the three broomsticks, whose large bar gave an impression of gleaming warmth and cleanliness. The Hogshead Bar comprised one small, dingy, and very dirty room that smelled strongly of something that might have been goats. The bay windows were so encrusted with grime that very little daylight could permeate the room, which was lit instead with the stubs of candles sitting on rough wooden tables. The floor seemed at first glance to be earthy, though as Harry stepped onto it, he realized that there was stone beneath what seemed to be the accumulated filth of centuries. Yeah, so dirty place. Dirty place. Dirty, dark, out-of-the-way place. So, this is where, for me, because it's mentioned later, but I'm going to bring it up now so we don't forget, mm-hmm. where Hermione's intelligence goes the wrong way. Yes. So, she picked a place that isn't frequented by Hogwarts students, mm-hmm. and where there'd be maybe some kind of privacy because people don't really show up there. Yes. I think she made them, and again, it's brought up later, and I... Uh, completely agree. I don't agree with Hermione in this instance. Okay. Even though she's very, like, good with planning. This is not it. No. She picked a place where it would be very obvious that something weird is happening here because Hogwarts do not frequent this place. Yes. So if anyone was made aware that they're, they're meeting up there, Harry Potter is meeting up with a bunch of students. Well, not That's even that Harry Potter is meeting up with a bunch of students. Hey, there's a bunch of students going to the Hogshead. So something's happening. Yeah. So, red flag. Regardless of whether Harry was involved or not to begin with, yeah. they'd be like, why are all of these students going over here? They never go here. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's Sirius who mentions it later in a later chapter that they should have just gone to the three broomsticks because there's so many people, no one is going to be able to hear them. Yes. Like, overhear the conversation. And that is, like, such a big... I was like, wow, Hermione really usually is on point, and her logic checks out in, in most cases. In theory, Well, in theory, in theory, this works out, too. Yeah. However, I think that Hermione's thought process didn't calculate 
that Umbridge is such a witch. And I say witch because I wanted to use a different word. That she didn't realize that it would set off alarms for people. Well, it's also because she's not... She doesn't use her intelligence for, like, skullduggery. You Mm-mm. know what I mean? So She's not up to shenanigans. Yeah. So like, her, 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 her brain... Her decision was logical, but for someone who walks the straight and narrow, you know what I mean? Can I tell you that yes. I love our use of words today? Our verbiage is and shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And earlier I said lollygagging. Yes. I am enjoying our choice of today. verbiage. We're here today, I'm telling you. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yes. Uh, only four patrons are there. A much-bandaged wizard, a witch under a veil, and two wizards hooded and caped like Dementors. Harry notes that the bartender looks vaguely familiar. Hold on a second. You said wizard. It's a much-bandaged witch. The thing says wizard. No, 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 no. It is a much-bandaged wizard. That's... And then the witch, and then the witch under a veil... Hold on. Yes, there's a man at the bar whose whole head was wrapped in dirty gray bandages that he was still managing to gulp endless glasses of some smoking fiery substance through a slit over his mouth. Yes. Two figures shrouded in hoods sat at a table, one in one of the windows. Um, in a shadowy corner beside the fireplace sat a witch with a thick black veil that fell to her toes. Okay. This is what I said. Yes. Sorry. I didn't realize... I didn't hear the witch part. Go ahead. A much-bandaged wizard, a witch under a veil, and two okay. wizards hooded and caped like the mentors, which is what I said. Yes. <clears throat> Harry notes that the bartender looks vaguely familiar. Yes. So if you put... Like, I mentioned this earlier to you, but if you put context clues together, in the previous book... I mean, do we even do we should we go that far? That's it's not, not, it's not necessary. It's not, it's not, it's not necessary. necessary right now. Just remember this Smells like this goats scene. and vaguely familiar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, the invited students begin to arrive, and Harry is stunned at how many there are. Wait a second. Before that even happens. Yes. Hermione orders three butterbeers. Oh, Ron wants to order alcohol. Ron is like, you know what? We could order anything we like in here. I bet the bloke would sell us anything. He wouldn't care. I've always wanted to try fire whiskey. And Hermione snarls at him. <laughs> you are a prefect. Not that he's underage. Yeah. And it's like, oh. R- said Ron, the smile fading from his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you not remember that you are supposed to, I don't know, Maybe not do bad things. Listen, they don't get a lot of sunlight over there. They have to have a vitamin D deficiency somehow. Alcohol. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't. It's Scotland. It tends to oh, be raining. I'm not going to lie. I took that from a video, but I thought it was the funniest thing. I'll show it to you later. Um, ne- so the people who show up, I'm not in, I'm not sure if it's in this particular Okay, order. so first came Neville with Dean and Lavender. Okay. Who are closely followed by Pavardi and Padma Patil. Is it going in the right order? Yeah. And with Cho and one of her usually giggly friends. Marietta. 
Yes. Not that you find out her name now. No, we don't. Her. But we find it out later. Yes. Luna Lovegood. Yes. It is an order so far. Then Katie Bell, Alicia Spinnett, and Angelina Johnson. The Quidditch homies. Followed by Colin and Dennis Cravey, the bros. Cameraman, yes. Yes. Ernie McMillan. Justin Fitch Fletchley. Fletchley. Finch Fletchley. Finch Fletchley. Sorry, there's too many F's. It, it, it's a weird... Yes. Hannah Abbott. Um, and a Hufflepuff girl with a long plate down her back whose name Harry didn't know. Susan Bones. Yes. We find out shortly, so yeah, it's yeah. not like a spoiler. Yeah. Three Ravenclaw boys who he was pretty sure were called Anthony Goldstein, uh, Michael Corner... And Terry Boot. Which Terry Boot, by the way, we mentioned in a previous episode when we're talking about the other magical schools. Yes. Terry Boot is actually a kind of important person. Yes. Vaguely. Yes, he's related to um, the... The Boot brothers from yes. that, that founded Ilvermorny. Yes. That, and that is some prestige. And remember Goldstein? Remember Goldstein? Do you know where Goldstein comes Wait, from? No. Yes. Wait. There's no. No. Wait. Yes. I mentioned that to you when the movies came out. But that's a kind of commonish last name. No, it's not. Not, not in the magical the world and not in the UK. Oh my god. Wait. Okay. Okay. No, okay. Okay. Michael Corner <laughs> and Terry Boot. Ginny, followed by a tall, skinny boy with an upturned nose, who Harry recognized vaguely as being a member of the Hufflepuff Quidditch team. Who we find Zachariah out after Smith. this scene is Zachariah Smith. Well, we find out in like two seconds. Do we? Find oh, out my gosh. After the fact. Oh, my gosh. No, it happens during the scene. Okay. Um. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. And bringing up the rear, Fred and George Weasley with their friendly Jordan. All three of whom were carrying large paper bags crammed with Zonko's merchandise. So this this little summary says, perhaps curiously, there are no Slytherins. It's not curious at all. No, they it makes perfect sense. They would not tell the Slytherin. No, this was a word of mouth thing that went through the Gryffindors. Because let's be real, the only Neville Dean Lavender, um, the, Pavar, the Patil twins... One of them is a Gryffindor. So we're already at four. Um, Katie Bell, Alicia Spinnett, and Angelina Johnson. Mm, Colin and Dennis. Colin and Dennis. So hold on. Four, seven, four, seven, six. Yeah, four, seven, nine. Ginny. So this is the thing. 11, 12, 13. They we have include... 14 Gryffindors. Okay, but they, the thing is that they wouldn't include Slytherins because in this no. generation, in this story right now... They're a bunch of snitches. Yeah, they would tell And not Malfoy, like the golden snitch. And Malfoy would tell Umbridge, and this wouldn't even exist. Yes. They have no good relations with any Slytherins. No. At all. This is one of the things that I really dislike about the the way that the books were written that it was like none of the slytherins are trustworthy in this generation well it's because not a single one of them the thing is is that it's not even that it's the fact that 
Malfoy would ruin a Slytherin's life if they ever stood on Harry Potter's side. Yeah. My father will hear about this, and it's over for you. Yes. A school governor who has access to a lot of money and has a lot of connections. If your parent, let's say, has a position at the ministry, their life becomes exponentially harder because of Lucius. Yes. So you can't stand on Harry Potter's side. There could be... All the other Slytherins could 100% be like, you know what, Harry Potter's not a bad guy. But they can never say it. No. So that that's the issue, is that, like, Malfoy controls everything. He's like the head honcho over in Under the Lake. Yeah. So... When all, after all these people, and I said 14 of them mm-hmm. were, were Gryffindors, mm-hmm. not to count the trio. So we're at 16, 17 at this point, in case I, my math is wrong. Out of the 20 something people that are there, the majority of them are Gryffindors. Mm-hmm. And he, her, Harry looks at Hermione and is like, a couple of people, mm-hmm. a couple of people. And she's like, yes, well, the idea seemed quite popular. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is uh, Fred is like we need 25 butterbeers over here and, and the barman gives it to me he's like cheers cough up everyone I haven't got enough gold for all of these yeah like the, well, the barman had frozen in the act of wiping out a glass with a rag so filthy it looked as though it had never been washed possibly he had never seen his pub so full true oh man yeah. Oh my god. So that's when they start talking about everything. Oh, uh, this is when the meeting starts, yes. Yes. So, so it's, well, before, very shortly before, Harry is like, so what have you been telling people? What are they expecting? And Hermione tells him, I've, I've told you, they just want to hear what you've got to say. You don't have to do anything yet. I'll speak to them first. Okay, so Neville says hi to Harry. And then this is where it starts. Oh, Cho just smiled at him and sat down on Ron's right. Her friend, who had curly reddish blonde hair, did not smile, but gave Harry a thoroughly mistrustful look that told Harry plainly that given her way, she would not have been there at all. Mm-hmm. So this is where it starts. Hermione is like, um, well, um, hello. Uh, well, um, you know why we're here. Well, Harry here had the idea, I mean, I had the idea, that it might be good if people who wanted to study defense against the dark arts, and I mean really study it, you know, not the rubbish that Umbridge is doing with us, uh, because nobody could call that defense against the dark arts. Here, here, said Anthony Goldstein, and Hermione looked hardened, heartened, heartened, I want to say heartened, like pronounce it well. Well, I thought it would be good if we all, well, took matters into our own hands. And by that, I mean learning how to defend ourselves properly. Not just theory, but the real spells. You want to pass your defense against the dark arts owl, too, though, I bet. And she says, of course I do. Michael Corner. Yes, Michael Corn. Of course I do, but I want more than that. I want to be properly trained in defense because, because, and she takes a deep breath and is like, because Lord Voldemort's back. Uh, the reaction was immediate and predictable. Cho's friend shrieked and slopped Butterbeer down herself. Terry Boot gave a kind of involuntary twitch. Padma Patil shuddered. And Neville gave an odd yelp that he managed to turn into a cough. 
All of them, however, look fixedly, even eagerly, at Harry. And Hermione said, well, that's the plan anyway. If you want to join us, we need to decide how we're going to. And she gets cut off. Where's the proof you know who's back? Said the blonde Hufflepuff player in a rather aggressive voice. Yes. Well, Dumbledore believes it, Hermione says. You mean Dumbledore believes him. And Ron, rather rudely, says, who are you? (laughs) Zachariah Smith. And I think we've got to write the right to know exactly what makes him say, you know who's back. What makes him very pointedly yes. referring to Harry. Yes. Look, that's really not what this meeting was supposed to be about. And Harry says, it's okay, Hermione. It's okay, Hermione. What makes me say, you know who's back? He repeated, looking at Zachariah straight in the face. I saw him. But Dumbledore told the whole school what happened last year. And if you didn't believe him, you won't believe me. And I'm not wasting an you afternoon. You don't believe me. No, let's just you won't. Okay. I don't know. Our eyes are different. Anyway, okay. I'm, not, uh, I'm not wasting an afternoon trying to convince anyone. Um, the whole group seemed to have held its breath while Harry spoke. Harry had the impression that even the barman was listening in. He was wiping the same glass with a filthy rag. It was becoming steadily dirtier. Zachariah said dismissively, All Dumbledore told us last year was that Cedric Diggory got killed by you-know-who and that you brought Diggory's body back to Hogwarts. He didn't give us details. He didn't tell us exactly how Diggory got murdered. I think we'd all like to know. If you've come to hear exactly what it looks like when Voldemort murders someone, I can't help you. I don't want to talk about Cedric Diggory, all right? So if that's what you're here for, you might as well clear out. So, basically, this is when Hermione is, you know, this whole thing is for us to learn defense. We need to work out how we're going to do it, how often we're going to meet. The logistics of getting, you know, 20 some odd kids together in the same place to learn defensive magic. Yes. And, of course, this is when we find out that the... um, who Susan Bones is. Who Susan Bones is. And she's like, is it true that you can produce a Patronus? Uh, yeah. Said a Harry cor- slightly defensively. Right. A corporeal Patronus? The phrase stirred something in Harry's memory. Er, you don't know Madame Bones, do you? She's my auntie. I'm Susan Bones. She told me about your hearing. So, is it really true? You make a stag Patronus? Yes, said Harry. Blimey, Harry. I never knew that. Yeah, so they're basically now talking about not... accolades. Yes. Like, what he can do. What he's done and what he can do. Yes. Um, So, yeah, it it, it goes on the list. Like, you know, Harry can produce a corporeal Patronus, which not... Which even full-grown wizards... Have trouble doing. ...can do. Yeah. Um, And then, what is it? Someone brings up the uh, the basilisk... Mm-hmm. Um, with the sword in Gryffindor's office, Terry That's Boot Neville. mentions that. Demanded Terry Boot. And did you kill Demanded Terry Boot? That's what one of the portraits of the Oh, no. So, so, oh, yeah, it was Terry Boot. Mm-hmm. And then Neville's like, and in our first year, he saved the Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone. And Hermione's like, Sorcerers or Philosophers at that point. 
depending yeah, on which one you're in. Yeah, here is a philological stone. Philosophers. <laughs> Hermione. Yes, that from you know who. Oh. My version's interesting. I think it's like the UK version. I think yours is the UK. So what's well, slightly different? We're, than yes, so he we're reading our our um, PDF versions of it yes. because I did my book fell out of my backpack and I didn't check. You're and okay. it's yeah. Mine so, is a very old PDF that I found ages ago, and yes. yours is a newer one. Yours is obviously the US edition. Mine's yes. UK. With slight differences. She yawned. Yes. Um, and then Cho's like, and that's not to mention all the tasks he got through in the Triwizard Tournament last year, getting past dragons and merpeoples and acromantulas and things. Yeah. And uh, Harry is like, he, he, he's pleased mm-hmm. that he's been praised by Cho, but yes. it's also making him like kind of wary where it's like, look. And he wants to say the thing he wants, he made a mental note to say. Yeah. Because he wants them to understand this. Mm-hmm. Look, I I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be modest or anything, but I had a lot of stuff, a lot of help with all that stuff. Not with the dragon you didn't, said Michael Corner at once. That was a seriously cool bit of flying. Yeah, well, and nobody helped you get rid of those Dementors this summer. No, said Harry. No, okay. I know I did bits of it without help, but the point I'm trying to make is, are you trying to weasel out of showing us any of this stuff? And Ron is like, here's an idea. Why don't you shut your mouth? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, you know. Perhaps the word weasel had affected Ron particularly strongly. Okay. Uh, well, we've all Zacharias turned- flushed. Yes. Well, we've all turned up to learn from him, and now he's telling us he can't really do any of it. That's not what he said. Snarled Would you Fred. like us to clean out your ears for you? <laughs> Asked George. Or any part of your body, really. We're not fussy where we stick this. And it was oh, a awesome. long and lethal looking metal instrument from inside one of the Zonko's bags. And that's when Harry's like, yes, well, moving on. The point is, are are we agreed we want to take less? Oh, Hermione says it. Lessons from Harry. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, yeah. Zacharias folds his arms and says nothing, though perhaps this was because he was too busy keeping an eye on the instrument in George's hand. <laughs> yes. So this is when the logistical stuff happens. Yes. They wanna they wanna meet up again, but then Quidditch practice and stuff. Angelina's like, it can't interfere with our Quidditch practice. And Joe is like, no, nor with ours. Nor ours, added Zacharias. Yeah. So it's like all of the Quidditch people, except for obviously Southern because they're not there. Yes. Um, so basically, they they all are kind of on board to some degree. Yes. Um, and now it comes down to hold on. Let me get this part. Um, we think the reason Umbridge doesn't want us trained in defense against the dark arts is that she's got some some mad idea that Dumbledore could use the students in the school as a kind of private army. She thinks we'd mob- he'd mobilize us against the ministry. And nearly everyone looks stunned, except for Luna, who pipes up and says, well, that makes sense. After all, Cornelius Fudge has got his own private army. We can't just read the book, dude. <laughs> That's what we're doing at this point. I love it, though! I okay, know, I know. Heli- sorry. Heliopaths and then all sorts of Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So it, it the the... Meeting starts to, you know, kind of wind down. 
And Hermione's thing is to have everyone sign. Um, like a parchment. Like an agreement, kind of. Yes. Swearing to keep the group secret. And to get everyone's name down. Because they have to be able to also tell the people when the next yes. meeting is going to happen. And she says, so if you sign, you're agreeing not to tell Umbridge or anyone else what we're up to. Mm-hmm. And Fred signs it right away. And... A couple of people are apprehensive. Yes. But they all end up signing. Yes. Because the thing is, is that even though they might not all believe in Harry, I'm talking about the non-Gryffindors. The Gryffindors kind of, even the Gryffindors sometimes are kind of like, eh. But the ones who are there in attendance believe in Harry. Yeah. And Hermione, so Ernie is like, we're prefects. What if this gets found? What if this list gets found? You know what? umbridge is gonna do or nobody really knows what umbridge is gonna do but we have an idea and hermione's like wait a second i thought you just said this group is the most important thing you'll do all year yep oh harry says it and he's like well yes but and hermione's like do you really think i'm gonna leave this laying around just anywhere and he's like no of course not i i yes i'll sign so that was enough to get him yes so again everyone signs and again it's not necessarily because They believe completely in Harry. Again, the Gryffindors, I think, do. Yes. For the most part, believe in Harry. The only one who I could think maybe would doubt him would be... Some Hufflepuffs? Pavardy. No, from Gryffindor. Okay, yeah. Pavardy and maybe Lee Jordan. And Lee Jordan is just tagging along because his best friends... I think Pavardy and and Lavender might, might... so I think those the three yes. those three would probably be the but most. But I don't even think I don't even think Lee Jordan would doubt him because Lee Jordan is the twins' best friend. So if the twins yeah, believe him, he's gonna believe him. They don't necessarily need to fully be on board with everything Harry says is factual. No, but I think that he trusts in the twins' judgment. Yes. So I think even if he didn't necessarily, if he wasn't necessarily on board a hundred percent on his own because his best friends believe him. Then he's like, then there must be something behind this, you know? But it's the fact that they will get to learn defensive magic. Really learn it. Yes. I think it's like the biggest draw for people who maybe don't really believe in Harry. Mm -hmm. But they can't deny what Harry has done. There is evidence. There is conclusive evidence. He did the Triwizard Tournament. Everyone saw it. Yeah. He did all the tasks. The dragons, the mer people, all that stuff. Is legit. You can't argue that. Yes. Um, the one that's probably the hardest to believe is probably the Basilisk because no one else has gone down into the Chamber of Secrets. But the sword Jenny. is there. True. But then she is the sister of his best friend. Yes. The, the only thing is the sword that can really sort of tie it together. Because I'm sure Dumbledore's not giving a tour of his office showing off Tom Riddle's diary. No? No, I don't think so. You mean Tim? Yeah, Tim. Oh, Tim. Classic Tim. Classic Tim. So. Where he's like, first of all, it's Tom Riddle. But second of all, it's not Tom Riddle. It's Voldemort. Oh, stop. Classic Tim. Yes. So, um, I think that's like a big draw. Yes. People who maybe don't believe in Harry as much is the fact that they get to learn magic. Yes. I mean. magical school not learning magic. It's crazy. Imagine. Well, and again, like, was, I think it was Ernie who said it. Yeah, but I was. They need to know these things to pass their owls. They can't just, you can't just learn something 
as a theoretical idea as a mm-hmm. theory i wanted to say theoretical practice but that's not really actually practice you know whatever <laughs> the theory of something is mm-hmm. different than the practical application of something i can talk all day about the theory of certain psychological theories but I mean, if i don't put them in practice me. for you to, mm-hmm. for you to understand and to see it's not going to make sense the the way that i boil it down to is imagine taking a math class mm-hmm. and you get a bunch of formulas and you memorize the formulas but now when it comes to your final test you're not given a formula you're giving a you're given a paragraph that has the components to that formula that you have to write out you don't know how to do that because all you're given are the formulas yes you don't know how to break down that problem to make it fit into that formula. Yeah. And the class you automatically fail. Yes. And the class itself should be, hey, let me give you these formulas and let's practice yeah. using these formulas. Not in a let me clear clear cut give you the the this goes here, this goes there, this goes there. No. It's I'm going to give you a word problem so you have to figure out what it is and then use the formula I taught you to be able to, to come up with the answer. Yeah. She's literally just saying memorize these things. Memorization does not equal learning. Exactly. So that's Just like correlation does not equal causation. Yes. Just saying. But that's that's why she's setting them up to fail. And I think that's mm-hmm. a purposeful thing from the ministry not to not have them learn magic but, but to, to say dumbledore is exactly is a failure because all this entire class failed i gave them the theory they should be able to pull it off perfectly what about uh, don't they have anything to fall back on to help them with the theory that i taught them from previous years so for three years or four years you have failed these children yeah i think i think you're right i it's just so aggravating to think that again the ministry is is setting up children to fail the minister of magic is purposely targeting one teenager harry potter to ruin his life to ruin his life but also making all of these kids fail this one particular class means that none of them will be able to advance to a, a job in but, the ministry. But surely that also extends to the kids who are doing their newts. Yes. So now you've messed with two classes, two entire classes of two, people. Two full years. Yeah. Because she teaches all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, they're all learning theory across those years, not just classes. The yeah. Entire years, all four houses are being screwed. So you're making two full years and and let's be honest the ones who aren't taking any exams in the sixth it's year, still year it's still a wasted year so then they'll be behind next year mm-hmm. everyone everyone so is they're history. they're literally saying this entire school of children we're going to basically uh-huh. make them not be able to join the magical world fully yeah good job ministry of magic mm-hmm. smart smart <sighs> Smart, so smart. Um, so, yeah, the like I said, the the meeting winds down. They all sign yeah. for whatever reason, whether they whatever their reasons are, and um, they agree to meet up when a location is found because they 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 shoot ideas. Library, this place, this place. And it's like no, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Like library has Madame Pince, unused classroom, and imagine you know 
someone walking in on them. There's yeah. there's no privacy whatsoever. So they can't decide on a place. So they decide that when they can think of one, that they will meet again. Um, and they all disperse in their own groups. Yes. You know. And then Hermione's like, well, I think that went well. And Ron is like, that Zacharias bloke's a wart. <laughs> and she's like, well, I didn't, I don't like him either. But he overheard me talking to Ernie and Hannah so at the Buffalo. To- yeah. And I mean, Michael Corner and his friends wouldn't have come if he hadn't been going out with Ginny. And Ron's like, wait a second. He's what? <laughs> She's going out with? My sister's going? What do you mean? Michael Corner? And it's like, bro, seriously. Yeah, she met him at, at last year at the Yule Ball. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like um, hit it off because Ginny had her sights on Harry, but she's given up since then. And Ron is just... Ron literally says, but I thought Ginny fancied Harry. Yeah. So Ron is incensed that Michael Corner dares to go out with his sister, though Harry is less concerned. Hermione mentions that Cho never took her eyes off Harry throughout the meeting, and Harry suddenly realizes that Hogsmeade is a truly beautiful place. Yes. So, this is the beginning of a very interesting plot that need not have ended the way it ends. Yes. So, I saw it on Facebook where it's like, so little spoiler, they figure to have their meetings in the room of requirement. Yeah. Which Dumbledore mentioned in the previous book at the Yule Ball that, you know, he had to go to the bathroom and one day he He walked, he found an exquisite room full of all different kinds of chamber pots. Yes. Um, and... The movie, I think, Neville randomly stumbles across it and Hermione yes. recognizes it and they decide to use it. In the book, doesn't Dobby... He mention does mention it? the come and go room. Yeah, he mentions it to Harry because Harry falls asleep in the common room and Dobby wakes him up because he's the only house elf who will Well, we'll find out shortly. Yeah, but hes I'm pretty sure he's the one who mentions it. Anyway, um... Why not use the Chamber of Secrets? I say that all the time. I like I've read that a million times, and I've thought it myself. I there think there is no plot hole for that. There is no like why it's a bad idea. Yeah, but there's a decaying basilisk in there. The ambiance, perfect. Yes, but how do you explain all of these male and female students going into a bathroom that nobody usually goes into? Don't be dumb. Get okay. no one sees me. But then you'd have and to then, teach them then, all how to speak parcel tongue. Okay. To get into Boom, you're in. But I thought only Slytherin's heir could do that. Remember that Ron also Oh well yes, but I mean eventually It's because you just have to replicate the sound. You don't necessarily need to know what you're saying. But I don't think... I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think they should have just used that. It would have been big enough. And you know what? It would have dispelled all of their doubt that Harry can't do what he says he can do. There's a dead basilisk over there in the corner, homie. Yeah. I think it was a missed opportunity on JK's part. They should have. She had to create the opportunity for them to be caught which spoiler happens yes 
I also think it makes sense because the room of requirement also provides them the things they need. Yeah. Dummies, so, books, everything. Yeah. So, in essence, although it would have been a better secret place for them to use the Chamber of Secrets, overall. it would have been a worse place overall because they would have possibly gotten heard and they wouldn't have had the things they needed. So, they would have had to figure out ways to get the things they needed, mm -hmm. which provides more opportunity for them to get caught and the book ends sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so... It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's where we at. That it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, isn't that a good phrase for life? True. <laughs> so that's that's kind of it. On that note, we're done. Yes. <laughs> Things make sense and also do not make sense. Enjoy. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh no, we're a disaster. A little bit.